he talked about the fundamental concerns he has, uh, we have, about Beijing's coercive and unfair economic practices. We don't get moving, they're going to eat our lunch. That was an interesting statement from President Biden, who had mocked the idea of China eating our lunch during the campaign. Um, this also happened, speaking of China, China's broadcasting regular regulator pulled BBC World News off the air in China because BBC had been running stories about the Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps, and China didn't like that. That's a week after Britain had revoked the Chinese state-run television network that was running in Great Britain. Now, in defense of that, I don't know why Great Britain would want to have a communist propaganda television station in their country. It seems kind of odd. But um, it seems like the West and China are getting further apart every single day. Among the things we're going to talk with, uh, talk about with Mike Lyons, military analyst we've been having on for years. Mike served with all kinds of different military organizations in both the United States and Europe throughout his career. Has a Bachelor of Science degree from the United States Military Academy at West Point, an MBA from the Stern School of Business, and is just a general all-around smart good guy. Mike Lyons, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. How are you doing? Hey, thanks so much for having me back. How's your life, by the way, uh, a year into coronavirus? Yeah, we're still in pandemic hell here in New York, frankly. Um, things are just opening up, uh, 10% of sports events. Um, I, I live close to New York City, and um, you know, restaurants are closed. I've had friends and, and, and relatives just seriously impacted. Their businesses are still closed. Yeah. You know, we live under a, a governor that uh, rules with an iron fist, and um, the media lets them get away with it, frankly. So you know, we, we just kind of... Every day is Groundhog Day. We live day to day, and we just, you know, hope uh, hope things change as the vaccine gets out there. Oh, and his administration covers up and lies about people dying, which we'll talk about later this hour. Yeah, pathetic. Uh, so before we get to China, which has obviously got to be the, probably the biggest part of the conversation, what are the big threats that Joe Biden faces in his new administration around the world? You know, when, when Mike asked me uh, to talk today about that, I really you know, had to think about it and say that, you know, we've talked in the past about our strength of our military and what our military can do and the hammer that it is. But I really am now thinking that this Biden administration or any administration, the way we are in the world right now, there's so many more threats that are even non-military related. Cyber, for example, uh, drug production, uh, technology transfers. The thing with the Chinese, for example, is the Chinese might not threaten us militarily, but the bottom line is if all information eventually flows through Chinese routers and the internet and they control those kinds of things you know that 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 has the real impact on on our country and so while we focus continue to focus on our military might and you know our budget shows that we're going to invest more in our navy we're going to say you know we're going to make sure that the shipping lanes are open in the south uh, pacific and and the like um information i think more and more every day becomes more powerful than uh, than uh, the sword on some level so i think that uh, the biden administration is going to have to focus on more than just the kinetic issues but uh, the threats that we face with non-military forces so does it make sense to um continue to have troops in afghanistan and uh, you know keep our eye on iraq and all that sort of stuff while we're doing this or can we even do that well the, the trump administration has allowed the biden administration an off-ramp in afghanistan and frankly if they don't take it they're just stupid uh, you know we've been there for 20 years it's vietnam without the body bags uh we're going to have the same situation the taliban will take over eventually in a few years maybe it won't be 18 months but um if they don't take advantage of this then i don't know when we're ever going to get out of there and and for you know the, the the biden administration's foreign policy can't be everything the opposite of what donald trump did because he did a lot of good things 
then shift that back over to Iran. You shift that to the Middle East. Um, you know, we're, we're about to see, you know, like who concert meet the new boss, same as the old boss, because if we start shifting our attention away from Israel, uh, try to overthrow the government in Syria, you know, we're going to have failed nation states. We're going to have the same foreign policy we've had for the past 30 years before that, uh, with Iran in the center of it being the greatest foreign policy failure in the history of, of the countries in, in the post-World War II era. So let's see what let's see what happens. But um, I, I do think that we've got to think the third dimension now and, and recognize that it's not just that situation of troops on the ground. And that's not going to be what's going to project power. Iran is the greatest foreign policy failure in uh, the post-World War II era. That's an interesting thing for you to say. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know you could argue Vietnam. We lost fifty-six thousand souls there, and that that was a tremendous failure. But everything <clears throat> from nineteen seventy-nine, from the revolution that took place when we were young men, in you know, I was in high school at the time, just starting my military career, and 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 everything that we look at today is off focus of the, the fact that Iran fell back then. Uh, they had that war with Iraq, and you saw the Iraq War in the nineties with Desert Storm, and then you saw what what all led up to the you know, the Taliban making their way in, inside of uh, of Afghanistan. So, I, I, you know, had had that not happened, I think, you know, we didn't see that coming. We didn't see that revolution take place in Iran. And and, and to Barack Obama's uh, credit, he tried to fix that. You know, again, he, he figured that that would be a good legacy project. Let's, let's fix it. But the way to fix it is not to give them nuclear weapons and not allow them to have them in 10 years, which is really what that deal was going to do. Yeah, it's pretty interesting that the Biden administration, uh, all their talk about things they were going to do on day one and get back into the Iranian nuclear agreement and all that sort of stuff, they have not lifted sanctions. And uh, Joe right. Biden said the other day that we're not going to unless you stop making uranium. Iran announced yesterday that they are going to, uh, you know, enrich uranium. Yeah. Yeah, the fatwa that uh, came out with uh, from the mullahs there is, uh, is all by the wayside. And, you know, if they were going to use nuclear energy in order to power hospitals and the like and, and that thing, that, that that would be fine. But they're not. They're going to – it's going to go down this path, and the question is what's going to happen. And we're going to sit on the sidelines, with, with you know, on our hands, and we're going to watch Israel and Saudi Arabia. There's this lineup taking place now between Israel, Saudi Arabia, and other Arab nations against the Persian countries. Uh, Turkey could get sucked into that too, and then NATO's involved, and now we've got a real problem. So it remains a tinderbox. The question is whether or not um, the Iranians are going to eventually comply in some ways and make some kind of deal. I, I'm not sure. The Europeans now, they're, they're, t- they're done with America, frankly. I, you, you, they're tired of being whipsawed between these administrations about going back and forth about who's in charge. So they're not, I don't think they're going to have any trust in the Biden administration at all right now. They're going to stay on the sidelines until this gets figured out. Wow, that's really interesting. Talking with Mike Lyons, military analyst. We've talked to him for years uh, and, and enjoy his company. Um, so we were talking a little bit ago about that uh, cyber attack on the water treatment plant in Florida. Right. And, you know, uh-huh. was that a test run or what the heck was that? Um, yeah. And I was just picturing that 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 nut job that blew up that truck in Nashville uh-huh. shut down cell phone service for like a giant chunk of the country that day and for, yeah. for like an entire day. If you, if you have, if we had some sort of cyber attack from China where a whole bunch of water plants across the country all of a sudden the water's undrinkable and our cell right. phones got shut off, the level of panic you would have in this country. Um, for, you know, 24, 48 hours would allow China to do anything. And by the time right. we all got our act together and figured out what was going on, it'd be too late. They'd be done with whatever operation they'd done. Isn't that a real possibility for how this unfolds? 
Yeah, I, I'm not a FUD guy, fear, uncertainty, and doubt in that regard, but that's exactly the threat that is out there, that non-military threat starts in that direction and then is followed up potentially by something kinetic, then they could turn around and attack our ships in the South Pacific Sea. They could use that as a, again, as an off-ramp to start something. But I, that is clear, and, and these um, infrastructure of the critical infrastructure within our water systems, electricals, grids, they've got to be continuously reinforced and make sure that we can cut the problems off if they are compromised. That's a, that's a, what what the, what happened there is someone doesn't even have to be in the United States in order for that to happen. That it goes through a Chinese route or someplace. You know, North Korea. North Korea's greatest cyber threat. It doesn't even sit inside the boundaries of North Korea. So that's why if there's one thing the world has learned is don't fight the United States conventionally. You don't want to get the U.S. Army involved, the U.S. Air Force involved. You don't want to do any of those things because you're going to get your butt, you know, kicked. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work out. But you can do things like this, the soft power, and, and have where the United States has peers. We have peers in these, in these areas where we had no peers in those other places, and so the, the enemy is going to go in those kinds of directions. And is the Pentagon aware of this? Are they, they aware that, hey, we might have the Marine Corps and SEAL Team 6, but when it comes to the cyber stuff, we're, we're like everybody else? Right, every day, which is, again, why, you know, you look again what the Trump administration did with the Space Force. I think that's going to prove to be somewhat prescient because it's going to transcend not only defending that domain of space. I think there's a layer of cyber that, that is over it because of all the satellites that connect us and all of the things that, that, that it goes through. So I, I do think that um, we've, our country eventually gets it right. We made a lot of mistakes along the way in our history. But in this case, um, there, there are enough people that recognize that uh, we, the, the last war, again, fighting conventionally is not going to happen. Tank battles, you know, thir we're 30 years from Desert Storm now. That, that was the largest tank battle in the history of the world. You put the U.S. 7th Corps, 140,000 troops online. Those days are gone. Those not, that's not going to happen for our military. The next war is going to take place uh, inside the Internet. Wow, that's really interesting stuff. I, I hope uh, I hope the people you know spending all that money, all that taxpayer money on protecting the country uh, are aware of what you just said. Um, I, I think yeah, I think they are. And the point though is, but you're you're right. It's got to be a bipartisan approach to it because the, the money still is going to want to get spent in districts that make tanks and make parts and all those other things. And that's where you know politicians are going to have to figure that out and where we're going to pivot away. Like for example, the army is going to struggle for a mission. I think for the next 10 years, the Navy's going to get funded. The Air Force is going to get funded. The Army's really going to struggle for a mission because uh, there's just nobody to fight. One final question. Um, do we as a nation have the stomach for an actual kinetic battle with China if they were to, you know, want to close off the, the shipping lanes or move on Taiwan or something like that? I don't know if as a nation we'd be willing to lose very many soldiers to stop that from happening, whereas China, they wouldn't care. Yeah, we I, probably not for a long period of time because China also is going to go right for our carriers. They're, they recognize that you sink a uh, uh, you know the USS Gerald Ford, you sink an aircraft carrier, you kill five thousand sailors, you 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 don't allow planes to land. Um, they're going to they're going to they're going to go for it. That's what they're going to do. I don't think we do. And and I I thought back in the seventies when Richard Nixon got the Chinese kind of on our side. We you know we couldn't manufacture a billion bullets because there's a billion of them to try to kill from a military perspective. But uh, I don't know. I, I you know where does that war take place uh, kinetically? It, it likely takes place on the sea. Um, and then what does it look like? Is it World War II where it starts on sea and then eventually has some land invasion? I, it's unthinkable. And I just we don't have either the patience or the stomach or, you know, the, the, the wherewithal to try to think that that is going to 
do anything positive for our country or the world going forward. Well, the Biden administration, I think it was yesterday, said, uh, you know, a conflict would not be good for either one of us. I believe that's true for us. I don't know if China thinks that's true, that it wouldn't be right. good for them. So that's the problem. Anyway, appreciate your time today. Mike Lines, military analyst. You can follow him. What's your what's your Twitter? At Major Mike Lines on Twitter. I appreciate it. Good follow. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate the talk. Thanks, Thanks for having me. I know for some of you that seems like real fanciful, this stuff will never happen. It, it'll happen. You know, when, I don't know. Is it going to be in a year or five years or ten years? I don't know. But that is China's plan. That is the only thing they spend their time thinking about, is dethroning us as the world superpower. There's plenty of information out there to let you, uh, to let you know that. You can read all kinds of books, articles, people who know ins and outs of the way China works. That is what they're going to do. Do we have the stomach to stand up to it? I don't know. Uh, or any of our administrations. Anyway, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. We'll go to the direction of love, heading into Valentine's Day weekend when we come back. The type of love that makes people the happiest, and other stuff. Armstrong and Getty. By the way, we got this text. This morning, Marco Rubio told Hugh Hewitt on his radio show that, um, that he what thinks... What was that name? You, you it. Okay, yeah, not to be trusted. His first name is a derivative of his last name. He's hiding something. People have two names. <laughs> but anyway, Marco Rubio told Hugh Hewitt that he thinks they're going to vote on Sunday. So I appreciate you listening to a different radio show to bring me information I did not have. That's not embarrassing <laughs> at all. Not embarrassing at all. But so they might actually vote on Sunday and get this whole thing over with. From what I understand, watching some of the cable news and uh, different reporters who've talked to senators, senators on both sides just want it to be over and move on with their lives. Everybody just wants to be over. So it wouldn't surprise me if they if they don't work through the weekend. So um, you got the um, defense, which is supposed to be just three or four hours from the Trump side. Then there's closing statements, which they're each allowed up to two hours. Surely they won't each just repeat everything they said again. And then you got to have a, at least one vote. There might be some procedural votes I don't know about. Uh, the Senate is a complicated beast that will be going on there. Um, seems like I had one other thing I wanted to mention before I got to the love stuff. Might have to do that after the break to make sure I got plenty of time for it. The, diff, the, 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 the type of love that makes people the happiest, according to researchers in a Harvard study of adult development. Nothing makes. Things sexier and more romantic than Harvard researchers. It's the tweed jackets that really just set the tone. Um, so I heard some people talking about canceling their Disney Plus because what's her name got canceled from The Mandalorian? Gina Carano. I don't know if there's been enough of that like to make a dent or anything. I don't know how big a push that is. I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna cancel anything based on that. Uh, but I was looking at the streaming numbers. Netflix is huge. I was watching some. I watched Netflix and Disney last night in my own and Prime. So I watched the three of the top four. A modern man. But uh, yeah, absolutely. YouTube is by far the biggest streamer out there still. YouTube, not even close. Not quite fair to compare those because YouTube doesn't have the subscription fee. So they they are the only of those Decent that is point. a free to access platform. I don't know how many people subscribe to YouTube. I started subscribing to YouTube. Uh, YouTube TV. Um, but you don't have to obviously to watch YouTube. YouTube, but I watched I, no, I, uh, I watch most of my television on YouTube TV now. Same, same. I, that is a, a key part of the uh, cable cutting 
maneuver if you if you want to get rid of those sort of things. Uh, if you haven't tried it, the endless DVR, store as many shows as you want for as long as you want, have a million hours worth of crap on there if you want. It's pretty handy. Um, but uh, YouTube number one, Netflix Prime behind that. It's ahead of Hulu, which I didn't realize. Armstrong and Getty. But the thing is, is to say the president is responsible for what every crazy person in the country does, what crazy people do, and this is the same thing. Look, Chuck Schumer was in front of a mob that attacked the Supreme Court. We're just lucky no one was killed over there. Had someone been killed, Chuck Schumer would be in the same position that the president's in. An interesting point from uh, the curly-haired Rand Paul yesterday. Um, Just got this text. The Chiefs. Mailed in two touchdowns, so they officially won, have been declared the winner. That's for that crowd. Believes the election was stolen. Um, so I think I've covered those bases. I see up on TV more about Bruce Springs' DWI rest, arrest. Some places it's a DWI driving while intoxicated. Some people it's D, places it's DUI driving under the influence. I don't know. I don't like how the I is different words in both of those. <laughs> um, it sure sounds like a park ranger dude who was out over his skis to me. Sounds like severe bouncer syndrome. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. version, the, the la- I've heard different versions of this and which one is true, I don't know. But the one version I heard was, well, they all include Bruce is driving around on his motorcycle. They're in the, a park recreation sort of area. He, he sees some fans were waving. Oh, my God, that's Bruce Springsteen. He goes over there on his motorcycle and he signs some autographs. There's them. They're drinking. And they offer him a shot of tequila, and he takes a shot of tequila out of the bottle. The version I heard yesterday was the park ranger cop type dude saw him do that and uh, went over and said, you better not start up that motorcycle and ride off because I saw you taking a drink. And, and Bruce said, I'm going to ride off. Um, and he did. And so the guy pulled him over and gave him the ticket. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. Since you can go to a bar and have a drink and walk out and get in your car and drive off, people do it every day all across the country as long as you're not drunk. Um, so the fact that he had a shot of tequila. Now he, the, 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 the policeman type person says that Bruce failed the field sobriety test. Um, wouldn't take a breathalyzer, but they did the, they drew his blood and did the blood alcohol thing and he had a .02, which is a quarter of the legal limit of .08. So. I don't know. I think the guy had it in for a no big star is going to come down here and on my territory and do that act act like that. I told him not to do something and he did it. Uh, uh, that you know, who knows? Maybe Bruce was a smartass. I don't know what the, the whole story. You can be that though. You can. Um. Oh, I just wanted to pay this off because uh. So back when when I was a kid, in terms of uh, every, if you watch television, you had to watch ABC, NBC, CBS. Those were your only choices, and uh, they would regularly brag about who's number one. CBS is number one. We got all the hit shows now. Then NBC would be number one. Ooh, we got Cosby. Woo, we're the number one dicker. Well, now none of those are really the most watched. It's all about your streaming things, and the ratings are pretty easy to follow. It's uh, you can just count the subscriptions. Um, this is a uh, based on the streaming and YouTube far outpaces everybody on the streaming. But then Netflix is the big dog in there. 
But then Prime, which I didn't realize Prime was bigger than Hulu and Disney Plus and ESPN Plus and all those. Prime, the Amazon Be- uh, Jeff Bezos product, is right behind Netflix. That's somewhat similar to the YouTube thing where Prime isn't technically free, but you get it free with your Amazon Prime membership. So not everybody who is has an Amazon Prime video account is using mm-hmm. it the same way that everybody who has a Netflix account is. I wanted to watch the Ken Burns Vietnam series because I never finished it. It's excellent. It is. I wish I'd have watched it when it was free and on the PBS <laughs> because now it's 50 bucks. If I'm going to watch it, and I, I don't know if I'm going to spend $50 to watch it. How is that a PBS show? Shouldn't I get to watch that for free as a tax-paying citizen or does something? It, does it not stream on PBS anymore? You still have to pay for it. Interesting. You think you can pay $5 an episode, and there's like 18 episodes, or you can pay oh, 50 bucks okay. for, uh, for for one? Um, anyway, um, if you know a free way to watch that, I had it on my old DVR on Dish for free. Should have watched it then. Um, when I come back, I'm going to hit you with that love stuff that I promised you as we head into Valentine's you Day keep weekend. Saying that. I know I keep saying that and I haven't <laughs> done it, but I'm actually going to do it next after I tell you about Car Shield. Thanks to Car Shield, you will have maximum safety on the road for a low month to month cost. Your history with protecting your car has always been you sign up for a, it's a long, complicated situation and you get signed up and you're locked in for however long and untangling that is difficult. So you just stay with the same company. Rather than go through the headache of switching companies, well, that's all changing. You can sign up for CarShield easily. You can get out of it easily. And you do have the protection you want. Whether your car is 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles, CarShield has a protection plan for everyone. And payments are flexible and plans are customizable up to your exact needs. You get to take your car to your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work. And uh, CarShield gets the rest taken care of. It's helped over a million drivers. That's why they are America's number one auto protection company. Drive with confidence, knowing that anything happens, you're protected. Get coverage today and see why CarShield goes farther. Call 800-665-2157 and mention the code ARMSTRONG. Or visit CarShield.com and use the code ARMSTRONG and save 10%. It's CarShield.com, code ARMSTRONG. A deductible may apply. The type of love that makes people happy, happiest, according to a Harvard study. Falling in love can be exhilarating. Has anybody fallen in love and it wasn't exhilarating? I don't think you did it right, or I don't think you were actually in love. Of course it's exhilarating. It's the most overwhelming, all-consuming thing that has ever happened in my life, the uh, number of times it has happened. Falling in love can be exhilarating, but it isn't the secret to happiness, you don't say. You might more accurately say that falling in love is a startup cost for happiness, an exhilarating but stressful stage that we have to endure to get to the relationship that actually fulfills us. I like that sentence, and that's really interesting. An exhilarating but stressful stage that we have to endure to get to the relationship that can fulfill us. A Harvard study of adult development has assessed the connection between people's habits and their subsequent well-being since the late 1930s. That's a long study going on 100 years. Many of the patterns uncovered by the study are important but unsurprising. The happiest, healthiest people in old age didn't smoke, or if they did smoke, they quit early in life. They exercised, they drank moderately or not at all, and they stayed mentally active, among other patterns. But these habits pale in comparison with the big one. The most important predictors of late-life happiness are stable relationships, and especially a long romantic uh, partnership. 
The healthiest participants at age 80 tended to be the ones that were most satisfied in the relationships at age 50. So if you're at age 50 and not in a satisfying relationship, so should you just uh, jump off a building now? Start or? downloading some dating apps. <laughs> well, you got to already be in a happy, stable relationship at age 50, according to this, if you want to be happy at 80. So I say step in front of a bus. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you weren't part of this study. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the advice all psychologists would give. In other words, the secret to happiness isn't falling in love, it's staying in love. Everybody but an eighth-grade girl or a poet or a moron knows that's true. But in case you didn't know, the secret to happiness isn't falling in love, it's staying in love. This does not mean just sticking together legally. Research shows that being married only accounts for 2% of the subjective well-being later in life. The important, the important thing for well-being is relationship satisfaction, and that depends on what psychologists call companionate love. That's a good way to take the, uh, the, the cuddle and the sex out of love. Companionate love. Love based less on passionate highs and lows and more on stable affection, mutual understanding, and commitment. I don't know if people, uh, well, I got a certain crowd listening right now are saying, that's fantastic because that's what I have. And that's why I'm happy and I'm going to be happy. And then we got a certain crowd listening saying, crap, no wonder I'm not happy and I'll never be happy. So I hope you're in the first crowd and not the second crowd. If you're in the second crowd, do what Sean just said. Start downloading some dating apps. Swipe right. Being rooted in friendship is the reason that companionate love creates true happiness. Passionate love, which relies on attraction, does not typically last beyond the novelty of the relationship. Companionate love relies on its very familiarity. As one researcher bluntly summarizes uh, in the Journal of Happiness Studies, I should get the Journal of Happiness Studies. I should subscribe to that and read it. The well-being benefits of marriage are much greater for those who also regard their spouse as their best friend. The well-being benefits of marriage are much greater for those who regard their spouse as their best friend. Well, I think a lot of people knew that or intuitively know that. Um, you know, and even knowing that, it's not like it's something you can create out of thin air. or it's just like, okay, I can go do that this weekend. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, let's be, let's make that happen this afternoon. Exactly. And, uh, well, there you have it. I like the, uh, early on, you kind of highlighted the sentence too, but how the that falling in love state, that's just the table stakes of getting into the relationships that are actually fulfilling. And it's it, 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 far too often, especially in, in younger relationships, that's the whole focus is just those sure. first couple months. Well, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can understand why people want that to last or to have it again. Some people seem to be like addicted to that. And so you just keep, you know, getting into that stage and right. uh, that, that, that'll, that would wear you out, I would guess. Um, that almost seems like a trick of nature. I mean, that 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 uh, a cruel trick of nature. That whole crazy falling in love thing, and all the sex, which is designed to procreate and continue the species, and that's got really nothing to do with long term relationships and happiness. I, I tell you, it's a cruel trick of nature. God, uh, he doesn't like us. And Clearly, he, it, <laughs> it's not what the good book would tell you, but. Clearly does not like humanity, and he wants to punish us. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but again, that that little piece I did there, I feel like for for a lot of people that was well, that's just fantastic. And you know, I need to. I'm going to text my husband or my wife right now, and thinking about it right now. Other people, you 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 want to turn right in front of a bus. So, you know, I keep thinking um, if I'm my wife's best friend, she needs to choose better friends. <laughs> 
Which are you? Was that great news for you or horrible news for you? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Massachusetts vaccine eligibility begins for friends and family members to accompany a person who is 75 years of age or older to their vaccine appointment. Only one companion per person is allowed to sign up for this vaccine appointment at a mass vaccination site, regardless of their age or health. Hell yeah, Massachusetts. Oh, this is just like the club, but the exact opposite. The shots are free. And if you have your grandma with you, you get in right away. (laughs) <laughs> i love that joke um i just saw the new york city's uh, opening up restaurants to indoor dining again which is uh interesting oh we still haven't talked about governor cuomo and his secretary coming out yesterday and um being a whistleblower on the, the cuomo administration that they absolutely lied to their constituents and to america about how many people died in old folks' homes and how they handled that. They actually covered it up on purpose for political reasons because they were afraid of the way it would look. What chapter in his book on how well he did in the response is that one? Oh, boy, that is an unconscionable thing to do. Um, so we'll get to some of the details on that later. We did get a couple of texts. Oh, my God, this is so depressing. Stop was one of the texts on the, um, if your uh, spouse is your best friend, you will be happy. <laughs> if they aren't, you will be miserable. It's kind of the study from Harvard, so, hmm. Eh, an overly binary summary, but I think yeah. it, it's, oh, the message yeah. is there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I might have, I might have uh, oversummarized it, but it's in, the, it's in that vein. Um, also, uh, on the, um, I was trying to watch uh, the Ken Burns documentary uh, and couldn't figure out how to watch it. Somebody said on PBS, if you, they had a subscription thing, and I didn't go any further on figuring that out. It's just a donation, and it's up to you however much you want to donate. So you can choose $3 a month or whatever, and then you get to watch stuff. So maybe yeah, I'll do And that. you get like a tote bag, probably. I don't, God. You know, I would pay... A, uh, a PBS water bottle. I would write a check right now to anyone if it could keep me from ever getting another tote bag or water bottle from any organization. And this nice commemorative shirt. <laughs> hey, charities. We've said this before, actually, like respectfully in meetings and stuff like that. God, take the money and spend it on the kids or the... You know, the homeless or whatever we're raising you, you money know, for. The charity. <laughs> the charity. We're not going to raise more money with a flipping tote bag or a water bottle. Nobody needs those. They're worthless. They end up in the trash or the goodwill or the trunk of your car until you finally get around to cleaning out your trunk of your car. Boy, spend the money on the charity. Who's, who's ever wanted a tote bag? <laughs> Who doesn't have one? Ever. God, I've got like four within arm's reach of me right now from various things. Anyway, um, what else was I wanting to fit in? We're going to talk to Lon He Chen, one of our favorite political analysts, coming up in just a little bit. A number of people have chimed in on the Bruce Springsteen arrest. If you take a drink with the keys and mission, blah, blah, blah. I don't care if technically it's against the law. Those laws were passed as a way to get somebody who's driving drunk. He was not. They checked his blood alcohol. He was not drunk. That's nitpicking. That's not the spirit of the law. That's not what it's designed. You weren't protecting anybody. Come on, give me a break. And I'm no fan of Bruce Springsteen as a person, but 
That's ridiculous. Don't you dare make me defend Bruce Springsteen. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> read the Ted Cruz tweet. I really like that about the, 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 I keep calling her the chick from The Mandalorian. That's, Gina Carano. That's probably dismissive. I watched a little Mandalorian last night, the episode with her in it. She's really good in that show, but she got fired for saying some stuff on Twitter that I don't think was fireable, but anyway, she got fired. Ted Cruz came to her defense. Texan Gina Carano broke barriers in the Star Wars universe. Not a princess, not a victim, not some emotionally tortured Jedi. She played a woman who kicked A and girls and who girls looked up to. She was instrumental in making Star Wars fun again. Of course, Disney canceled her. Yeah, I don't know about the conclusion there, but I really like pointing that out. Yeah, that is the one of the earlier examples that I can think of of a woman in a Disney product. You're not a princess, and you're not, you know, being saved by somebody. Um, by a, you know, a tough man. She was, you know, the, the ass kicker. Almost beat the hell out of the Mandalorian. The, the tough man comes to her and says, hey, I need you to help me with this yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. That was a good character. Uh, got a 90-year-old man who spent $10,000 on two ads in the Wall Street Journal to tell <laughs> AT&T how their service sucked. This is a funny story. This is the sort of thing that you do if when you're 90 years old and you still think the classified ads are the way to reach people. Um, but I like the uh, the cut of his jib. A 90-year-old California man took out two ads in the Wall Street Journal, which sent him back $10,000 to let AT&T's CEO know about his abysmal Internet service speed. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I like the fact that this 90-year-old is so Internet that he, no, I need faster Internet. <laughs> <laughs> He's been a customer of AT&T since the 60s, for, so for almost 60 years. And he claims that AT&T has evolved throughout the years, but it's still lagging behind when it comes to faster Internet services. Um, he said for the past 20 years, he hasn't had any complaints, but starting five years ago, the streaming became uh, widely available, and he thought it was subpar. So he took out an ad in the Wall Street Journal, ten grand to say an open letter to Mr. John T. Stanky, CEO of AT&T. Dear Mr. Stanky. <laughs> Mr. Stanky. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a child. Um, many of our neighbors are creative technical workers at Universal, Warner Brothers, Disney Studios, Disney Studios, and Burbank. We need faster internet, blah, blah, blah. Your competitors have speeds over 200 MBS, blah, 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 blah. You're uh, treating us shabbily. Sincerely, Aaron Epstein. AT&T customer since 1960. That's pretty funny. Luckily, it was so outlandish that it got attention, so he got his $10,000 worth. But if you're still trying to... Sell your lawnmower or, um, I don't know, get a date or anything like that by using the classifieds in your newspaper. It's really not the best way to go. I've just recently become aware that Facebook classifieds are really the way to go. Significantly better than Craigslist, I've been told. We're looking for something for Christmas. Couldn't find it anywhere on Craigslist. Found it immediately on Facebook Classifieds. Facebook's nice because it's also tied to an actual account. You get a lot less That's things created just for the purpose of selling or possibly fleecing people. Sure, and just the bulk the bulk yeah. of people that are on it and already have an account and all that sort of stuff. So if you want to buy or sell something, that's what I've been told, and I'm, I'm no fan of Facebook either. So I'm no fan of Facebook or Bruce Springsteen. But... um uh, it's the way to buy and sell stuff. That's what I'm told. The problem is I don't have a Facebook account, and I'm not going to get one. I'm not going to get you know spied on and have old high school friends uh, find out where, what I'm up to just to, to sell my lawnmower. You'll put out ads in the classified. That's like this gent. Like Mr. Epstein. <laughs> I'll send him a fax, and uh, I'll fax him that we should uh, we should put something in the classified ads. 
Juan He Chen, going to talk politics when he comes back. I'll, I'll have to wrap my head around what's the best question to ask him, because he always has such interesting insight. Seriously, one of the best minds about politics and policy in the entire United States. We're lucky to have him. And then we'll get to some other stuff. Oh, what Governor Cuomo did in New York. Thank God his secretary blew the whistle on the cover-up there. Really an amazing story. Armstrong and Getty.